Let's begin in the beginning. We're lovers and we're losers. We're heroes and we're pioneers. We're beggars and we're choosers. Hey guys, welcome to a new episode of the Favorite Series brought to you by My Entertainment World. I'm your host, Kelly Bedard. Usually this series doesn't actually have a host. I just come in for the intros and the outros and call it a day um, because the premise of this series is that we have guest contributors come in to talk about some of their favorite things and talk to to some of their favorite artists and entertainers. Um, But this week we were interviewing someone who is one of my favorite artists and when the person I initially intended to do the interview fell through, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it myself because I have spent six months listening exclusively to this man's album and could quote you most of his lyrics and He's definitely, I think, one of my favorites, so there's no reason I can't do it myself. Um, So today I'm going to be talking to Frank Turner, who is a punk indie folk singer-songwriter from the UK. He's currently on a North American tour. He's playing in Toronto tomorrow at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre and then heading to the States after that because, sorry guys, the Toronto show is already sold out. Um, But I got to talk to him a little bit about life on the road, Um, what his songwriting process is like, his new album that is not without some controversy. Um, And so, yeah, it was a really great conversation. It was really fun to talk to Frank. And um, yeah, I apologize for breaking our our series rules so quickly out of the gate. It's only our second episode, but usually we will have a guest contributor for you. But today you've just got me. So, but that's okay, because Frank's really one of my favorites. So buckle in and I'll see you on the other side. We won't change our ways We will proud remain When the glory fades When the glory So my first question is, who's the first musical artist you remember loving? Uh, the first musical artist I remember loving um, would be uh, the fantastic Iron Maiden. Um, uh, my parents are like into kind of... Um, like classical music and church music, don't really believe in rock and roll, you know. Um, and uh, I kind of stumbled across an Iron Maiden record when I was about ten years old, and it changed my life. And I still love that band. Um, do you remember the first song you ever wrote? First song I ever wrote. I mean, that's a, it's a difficult question to answer to answer in some way too, because when I first started playing guitar, like right away, I started um, just kind of like taking my song I was learning with somebody else, I'd like change one chord and then claim that I'd written it or something, <laughs> or that I was now a songwriter or something like that. And obviously, it was kind of bullshit. Um, but uh, I mean, I guess the intention was there to be creative right from the word go, but I couldn't tell you exactly what the first song I wrote was. So I'm really curious about your songwriting process now. Do you do music or lyrics tend to come to you first, or is it steady, laborious work, or stops and starts, fits a sudden inspiration? Um, you know, I don't really have like a set method for my songwriting. It's still reasonably haphazard, inexplicable process for me, and I kind of want it to stay that way in a funny way. Like, you know, I don't want it to get too workmanlike. But I guess, you know, I, I sometimes I get ideas for work, and sometimes I get ideas for music. And the best days are when you get the two at the same time. That for me usually means you've got something something good going on. You know what I mean? But um, but yeah, you know, I, I uh, it's still there are days. I'll go for a long period of time not writing anything and then I'll sit down and write like a whole ton of stuff and then I'll pull something old to pieces and make something new. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of, there's no, there's no method to the madness. 
Um, so let's talk about No Man's Land. What motivated you to write about women and often from their perspective? Did you have strong female influences in your, in your life and specifically while creating the album? Um, you know, well, so the first thing is I didn't really sit down to write a record about female historical figures in the first instance. What I wanted to do was try a new approach to writing, which was, uh, to date, I've always written in an autobiographical style, you know, writing about my own life and my own problems and all that kind of thing. And I thought it would be interesting to try and write from other people's perspective and get some of my own, own passion for history and into my music. I'm the biggest history nerd in the world, and I thought it would be kind of cool to try and marry those two things together. Um, so... You know, I started writing about kind of cool historical figures who people didn't really know about. And um, after I had like five songs, I realized that all of them so far were about women. Um, and that, that something is interesting, and there's an implicit politics to that, obviously. Um, and I decided to follow that road to the end. Um, I'm aware, obviously, that I'm a man writing about women, um, and I want to be kind of intelligent and sensitive about that. Um, I mean, I grew up in a, essentially a female household. I have two sisters and my mom, and my dad was pretty absent when I was a kid. Um, so, you know, uh, that, that kind of was. I, mean, I made the record with Catherine Marks, um, and uh, um, I kind of ran some of my songwriting and some of my statements past my, my partner, who is now my wife, I should say. Um, uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, so there was, a, there was a fair amount of influence from, from those kind of was kind of hanging around the project. So as you mentioned, a lot of your work is usually very autobiographical. Um, was the decision to write about other people sort of a relief and a break from vulnerability, or did you miss that introspection and the catharsis of that? Um, you know, it was, a, it, was a, it was a liberating project for me. Like, I found it really kind of creatively inspirational to try and write from other people's point of view because it's a different approach, you know. And um, because I tried my best not to repeat myself, I, you know, I wasn't, um, uh, I, I, I felt confident that I wasn't saying things that I've said before. I don't think it's what I'm now going to do forever, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, was a, it was a fun project to do, I'm really proud of it, but I think that I, I'm writing new songs already and I'm going to go back to a more confessional style. But the, I mean, the other thing was that, you know, in writing a song about somebody else, you still have to find an emotional core to the subject matter in order to you know, write a meaningful song about it. And, and that was a different challenge, but it, there was a, you know, it, it was definitely kind of emotional engagement with the topic, I'd say that. Um, and it seems like there must have been a pretty large research component in this one, even it, for someone who was coming in as a history nerd. Um, were these stories you mostly knew, or was there one in particular that really took you by surprise? Um, you know, for the, for the vast majority, they were not songs like you. And um, I hope it's clear that this, this isn't sort of like, this isn't supposed to be like a hipster history record. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I'm not trying to claim that it's not divided. It's supposed to be like, oh my God, haven't you heard of so-and-so or whatever. Um, you know, I, I was learning about these people as I wrote about them. Um, and, uh, and that was really, really fun. Um, and really interesting to me. I mean, I did, with, I did kind of the research I did with what my history professor at university would call secondary research. You know, I wasn't like a real historian. I wasn't like in the archives with cotton gloves on and that kind of shit. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I read everything that I could find. Um, I read a bunch of books online and, and researched as much as I could from that kind of point of view. And you mentioned your wife. Congratulations, you just got married a couple weeks ago. Um, and you certainly did. Thank you very much. Um, you've written a lot about life as a touring musician, and how has that experience evolved for you over the many years on the road? And is it difficult to head out right after getting hitched? Um, 
Well, I mean, the thing is, like, my, how to put this best, you know, music is, like, just my life, you know what I mean? And, and it has been for a very long time, and, um, uh, you know, I, the, the, when things change in my life, my music changes, because I write about my life for the most part. And, and the other thing is that I hope that my music has changed over time. I don't want to, um, I don't want to repeat myself, I don't want to say the same thing over and over. There, there is a funny kind of conservatism some among some music fans where they kind of want you to stay the same person that you were when they found your music. And it, as much as I can kind of um, understand that on some level, the problem is just kind of like, well, I, you know, I want to move forward. I want to say different things. I'm, I'm going to change as time goes by. So, yeah, my songwriting changes a bit over time. And I hope to change it more in the future. I, I want to push myself to try and do things I, I haven't done before. Um, and you have an incredibly loyal following who never miss you live. But for anyone who's never been to one of your shows, what can we expect to see? Well, I mean, you know, uh, I like my shows. It's, I like my shows to be kind of participation events. So I don't want it to be a thing where people are just like passive recipients of the art on the stage. <laughs> you know, I want there to be some connection between the stage and the audience. Um, I mean, I'm a performer as much as I'm anything else, and I'm really, I really love being on stage and trying to entertain the crowd. It makes me feel very good. Um, having said all that, like the new tour that we're about to embark on, um, starting next week, actually. Um, is uh, is a different venture. Like we're playing a different type of show. Uh, we're taking a different approach to my material. Um, uh, we're presenting things slightly differently. But then again, that's all part of the thing I keep saying about not wanting to repeat myself. You know, we're trying to find a new approach to doing shows for this tour. Um, and it's going to be a fun experiment. I've been at rehearsals for it all day today, and I can tell you, it's going to be radically different, and it's going to be really cool. Um, can you tease us a little bit in ways in which it is different, or is that all a secret? Well, we're kind of like, we're sort of taking kind of like a more kind of like um, sort of traditional folk approach to love material, and it's more kind of like like in the round, I guess. It's like an evening whiz. Um, I mean, I keep telling people, and this is a bit of a line, I know, but it's a good one. Um, I want the show, these next shows, I want to be like across between a bar and a church, you know? Um, so I want to get kind of, the, it's, it's not necessarily quite so much about the mosh pit on this next tour. We're doing kind of seated venues and stuff, but it's going to be, uh, I'm really excited about it. Um, so you sort of tour all over the world. Do you find that different audiences in different places have very different vibes or react to the material very differently? You know, on some level, yeah. I mean, you know, um, to take an example, like I'm kind of more closely associated with the punk scene on North American land back home. Um, because that's, I was on that South Records in North America and that's how a lot of people in the States and Canada know about who I am. But more broadly speaking, I think one of the things I actually find really interesting and inspirational is that there are audiences from all over the world from different countries and different cultures actually kind of react in pretty similar ways. Uh, and to me that's really exciting because it kind of demonstrates that music is a unifying thing and that human beings have more in common than you might otherwise expect. And I think those are positive tools. Um, so you've had a pretty prolific career, and as you as you talked about a little bit, like your your style of music has changed quite dramatically. When you're putting together a set list, how do you go about choosing what tunes make it in? Do you try and feature as much new stuff as possible, and are there some old hits that the fans won't let you get away with not playing? Uh, um, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think that um, uh, it's it's a fine art writing a set list, and I definitely spend way too much of my life thinking about it. <laughs> On some levels, I'm kind of an unashamed populist in my set list choices. 
in the sense that like I want to keep everybody happy, I want to play a bit of everything for every era. Of course it's exciting to play new songs, that's fun. Um, and then there's also, um, I mean, there's a funny balance that's struck between following and leading your audience. You know, if you just follow your audience, you just end up playing your greatest hits every night, and that gets boring for everybody after a while. Part of what I can do when I have a stage and an audience in front of it is I can kind of lead people a little as well and say, hey, here's a song that you might not know so well or that you might not have thought about, but hey, check it out. So, um, you know, it's a fine balance, but like I say, I mean, I spend, when I'm on, particularly when I'm on tour, I spend about a third of every day thinking about a set list, um, which is kind of exhausting, actually. Um, so one of the things we do on our site is really try and promote the people that people don't talk about. So what can you tell us about some of the people you tour with and your band members? Oh, right, yeah. So the guys in my band, there's four guys in my band. Um, we've been a touring unit for, along what year is it, for, for like nearly 12 years now. Um, so they're definitely my guys, but they're great. Three of them used to be in another band called Dive Dives, who are from uh, Oxford in the UK. Killer band, um, and I kind of met them yeah, through that other band that we put the thing together. Uh, and then my buddy Matt plays keys. They're all incredible musicians, but I mean, like, you know, my, my touring crew are like family to me as well. There's a lot of people on my crew who've been with me for more than a decade. And, um, you know, I've seen a lot more of them than I've seen my actual family in the last 10 years. And, uh, and I love them very much, um, and they do incredible work, and uh, um, I love them to pieces. So, yeah, it's, it's a fun, it's a strange relationship with you, but it's very, very close. Um, so I got into your music because my favorite podcaster lists Love, Iron and Song as his favorite album of all time. What's an album not one of oh, your, wow. <laughs> What's an album not one of yours that you think fans should check out after they've downloaded No Man's Land? <laughs> wow, we could be here for ages. Um, off the top of my head, actually, the album that I've loved the most in the last few years, um, there's a songwriter called Dave Bazan, that goes by Pedro the Lion when he puts out records, and um, he's done a few albums, but he did a new one last year, um, and the album's called Phoenix, um, and I think it's one of the single greatest pieces of music I've ever heard in my life, it's so exciting to me. Okay, we'll be sure to check that out. And then speaking of podcasters, your new album has an accompanying podcast, what's that experience been like? Oh, it's been great. I mean, it's been a loving experience. Um, you know, I've been on the receiving end of many podcasts in my life, uh, and that's cool, but it's a slightly different thing to be the person in the driving seat. And I've come away from it um, with a newfound respect for the people who actually, you know, make podcasts as their main thing that they do as, as a living. But it's been really fun. I mean, you know, the history podcast has allowed me to kind of like get a bit deeper into the material uh, that I've been writing about, and uh, also for me to learn some more and to just kind of share my passion for history. It's been really, really fun. Um, and then the last episode, I got to interview my mum, um, uh, which that one came out yesterday, actually, and it was super cool. So uh, it's been a really, really fun experience. Okay, and is there anything you'd like to add? Um, no, I'm very excited to be coming back through Toronto again. It's been a little while, um, uh, and it's going to be right near the start of the tour, so uh, everyone should get down and get involved. It's going to be really funny. Okay, and that's on October 10th for everybody. Um, all right, thank you so much. That's all I've got for you. Thanks so much, Frank. That's all for this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to the favorite series brought to you by My Entertainment World. Be sure to check out our website, myentertainmentworld.ca, for all the latest articles and podcasts coming from all of our great writers over there. And also follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at myentworld, myentworld, for all the latest happening there. 
Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, review, rate, all that jazz, and we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys. Let's get another round in at the bar.